uh, based on the last sections of Following King Jesus, which is the small group material that we've been working through uh, throughout this school year. Uh, And so after all the thoughts and all the ideas and all the conversations for 18 weeks, uh, three sections of six weeks each, the final six sessions are meant to be more practical. Uh, They're meant to kind of ground us, root us into what does all this conversation actually look like on the ground? Like what, when we actually start putting feet to this, like what, what does this look like? What does this look like when it gets dirty? Uh, so we've been talking all year about living as followers of King Jesus under the rule and reign of his kingdom, but what does that actually look like? Uh, what does it look like to actually be a follower of Jesus? What does that look like? What does it actually mean to live as one of Jesus' kingdom communities? So that's where I kind of want to travel uh, for this series, because uh, that's where the book kind of travels, is how do we do this together? How, 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 does, how, how can we be created into a different sort of community, a, a kingdom community? What kind of ideas and practices can shape us into a church that actually embodies the way of Jesus for our larger community? The the church has this opportunity to to be a different sort of organism, to be a different sort of organization, a a unique sort of body, in fact, to be Christ's body. Uh, We have this opportunity to be something different. Uh, and, And so, what does that mean to take that opportunity? We have this opportunity, this privilege to put the ways of God's kingdom on display for a world that needs the ways of Jesus. So can we be a different sort of community? Uh, Scott McKnight says this. He says, the church is God's world-changing social experiment of bringing unlikes and difference, uh, like people that normally wouldn't do life together, Uh, Can we bring these unique and different sort of people groups together uh, to the table to share life with one another as a a new kind of family? When this happens, we show the world what love, justice, peace, reconciliation, and life together are designed by God to be. The church is God's show and tell for the world to see how God wants us to live as a family. I think that's really beautiful. Uh, We have this opportunity to be a different sort of community, to gather here differently, so that when we leave, we're united even in our separateness, and we're going out into the world to be God's show and tell for how he wants his world to operate. Uh, So we're going to spend the next six weeks walking through six ideas, six practices, six postures that might actually transform us as a kingdom community. A lot of these things we're, we're doing already, and yet to talk about them, to be more overt about them, uh, is really, really helpful. So the first that I want to talk about this morning is the idea, the practice, the posture of grace. Central to the way and will of God is grace. It's at the very heart of who God is. It's central to Jesus's earthly ministry. If you think about 
All the things that he did on earth, almost all of it revolves around the idea of offering grace to people. Uh, It's what Jesus ultimately offers us through his death and his resurrection, and it's to be at the very heart of who his people are, or to be people of grace. All right, so now, uh, as a first means of practicing the way of grace, as your first opportunity to be a community of grace. You get to practice this morning already in the first couple minutes of the sermon, being a people of grace. Uh, I'm asking you all for a whole bunch of grace this morning, okay? I need it. I, uh, I was sick all week, flat on my back for like four straight days, and uh, glued to the couch, incapacitated. Uh, and then yesterday, when I was finally feeling better, I had like a six-hour Temple Hills board meeting downstairs here, uh, and, uh, which, which isn't exactly the most energizing way to spend the day. Uh, so needless to say, I didn't have a ton of time to prepare for this morning. So uh, the way I took the little bits, of, the tidbits of time that I had, the bits of time that I had, uh, I prepared differently this morning uh, so that I could guide conversation instead of uh, having the time to pour into a lecture kind of format. So uh, I'm asking you for grace this morning for my lack of preparation, uh, and, uh, and I'm asking for your help this morning because I, I, I really think that this can be a profitable time together. Uh, but you're going to have to be brilliant as always, like, like, I'm, like I'm used to you being. So, so we're going to gather in small groups uh, on a, a number of occasions this morning. So you can already start to be looking around, scoping out who you're going to gather with uh, in your small group of four to six people. But let's, uh, let's start out now. So as a starting point, here's a, a few questions to get us started. So in just a second, you'll gather in just a small group of people. Kind of first glance when you think about grace, like first thing that pops in mind, uh, what do you imagine when you think of being a community of grace? Now now to to say just a little bit more about that question, to be clear, I'm... I'm not wanting us to talk about kind of a, the big theological idea of grace or, or like God's grace for the world. Uh, uh, let's, let's take that for granted this morning. Uh, what, I, I'm interested in talking about being a community of grace, what, what it actually looks like to live graciously within community, uh, about being grace to one another. So what does that look like? What do you imagine when, when you look at a phrase like being a community of grace, what comes to mind? What, what, does, what does grace shown to and for one another uh, look like or mean? What, what comes to your mind? So uh, for, for a few minutes, gather together with some people around you and explore these two questions if you would. All right, go for it.
All right, for sake of time, why don't you wrap up the final sentence or two here. Anyone have any great examples or great comments that just need to be shared with the rest of the group? Maybe one or two or three people willing to kind of speak out, like what, what comes to mind when you think of being a community of grace? I was, uh, I was reflecting on my time in Vancouver, Canada, a big city, very multicultural and non-religious. And any time uh, you were out and about and you saw a group of people like 50 or more that were not the same demographic, like the same age, kids or whatever, you pretty much could assume it was a church because that's what churches mm-hmm. do well is we gather people together of all sorts of cultures mm-hmm. and ages and walks of life and yeah. we have that grace for each other. We accept each other even though we might differ in a lot of really important ways. But, but that's kind of what grace looks like. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, that, that must be a church because why else would all those people be together? You know? <laughs> those people aren't all homogenous there. Scott McKnight calls it the salad bowl. He uses the, the metaphor of the salad bowl, that a, a good salad has all these flavors, all these things. It's not just iceberg lettuce. Uh, you, know, you, need, you need all these different ingredients together, and that's what makes it beautiful. That's what makes it uh, delicious, savory to the world. Yeah, beautiful. Anyone else? A trucking story back in 1986-87. Uh, I had gotten myself in a spot where I was stuck on the upslope to a, uh, an overpass because of another You've got to go quick, occurred. Paul. You've got to go quick. I've heard your trucking uh, stories. I spent 20 <laughs> minutes hollering on the radio, got nowhere. Finally, a rancher, a rancher who I, I, I met this one time, uh, answered my call, and ultimately he had a pair of chains hanging on the wall in a barn yeah. 30, for 30 years. He gave them to me. When I tried to give him back after getting out of the pickle, uh, he wouldn't take them. He says, just pass them on to somebody else that needs them. Yeah, beautiful. I know. Yeah. Being willing to help and being gracious and loving. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Ellie? Um, having ready forgiveness for the people in your community uh, and doing it yeah. willingly. That's yeah, I, this group was talking about forgiveness as well. I, I don't know, maybe that came up in a number of different groups, but I think that's, I think that's massive. massive. Jesus talks incessantly about forgiveness and loving our enemies. And, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyone else? Any kind of first thoughts? Well, we're going to go to Scripture here for just a couple of example, uh, a couple uh, moments, a couple passages here. So you can pull out your pew Bible. It's not going to be up on the screen. So you'll need to either pull out your phone and, and get your app out or, uh, or use the, the Bibles in, your, in the pew. Uh, there, are, there are so many examples of, way, uh, of passages that could help us think about being a, a community of grace, both good examples and bad examples. So the first one up here, Acts 2, uh, is a great example of being a community of grace. The second passage, Galatians 2, is kind of a mixed bag, so I'll let you explore those together. But in your group, uh, take a look at those two stories 
uh, and kind of explore what do these stories say, good or bad, about being a community of grace. And then keep in mind, uh, as you're kind of thinking and talking, are there other stories? Are there other scripture stories that come to your mind where you think, oh man, this is a fantastic example of, of being a community of grace to one another? Because I'm going to ask you about that in a few moments. So, uh, yeah, start exploring uh, these passages and that question. Go for it.
All right, take, take another 10 or 15 seconds to try to kind of wrap things up. I know this isn't a lot of time. Are there thoughts or ideas on this section? What do these stories have to say about being a community of grace? Are there anything worth sharing with the bigger group? All right. I hear political conversation in the back. Let's nip that, nip that in the bud. Yeah, nothing profitable coming out over there. Uh, all right, a few more questions to close. Uh, oh, oh, does anyone have, are there other stories that come to your mind real quickly? You can just, you can just shout them out without passing the microphone. Are there other stories in scripture that come to mind where you think that's a perfect example of being a community of grace, or or not being. Yeah, dude. Yeah, First Corinthians thirteen. Yeah, the the love the love chapter. Yeah, love and grace are are certainly tied together in in a lot of ways. But yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful picture. Uh, and no wonder we read those passages at, at weddings because we're, we're called into this relationship of grace. Uh, man, it, it won't work. That marriage won't work if it's not surrounded by a whole bunch of grace. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's something, I think it was this group that was talking about, you know, there's a calling out in, that, in the Galatians 2 passage too. You know, there's a, you've gotten off the rails, you've gotten off track, and there's something even gracious about calling people back in uh, to right standing, righteousness with, with God. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, to be a community of grace, I think, is being shaped by God's grace, being poured out to us, and then helping one another to, uh, to kind of refine their path when, when they've gotten off kilter. I think that's a huge, a huge part of it. That's why we're striving to actually know one another and be known by each other, to be vulnerable with one another in, uh, so that we can actually be held accountable by one another and, and challenged and brought back 
kind of into the fold, back into the, the straight and narrow uh, when we need that. So, yeah, that's helpful. Thanks. I didn't know where you were. I couldn't remember that passage, so I, it didn't sound super gracious at first, but, uh, but it ended in a beautifully gracious way. So, yeah, that was... Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, beautiful, yeah. The Good Samaritan, yeah, that, he's community to, to that man in, in a way that no one else was, for sure. Yeah, he goes above and beyond. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, a few more questions in small groups to close. Uh, so the final slide there, Mac. Um, uh, getting a little bit more practical uh, in conversation. Uh, how have you actually seen this play out? How have you seen grace both lacking and present in faith communities? Uh, is there a story? Is there a time where, gosh, I was going through this thing and my community surrounded me with grace. They surrounded me with graciousness, uh, or gosh, I had to get out of that one place because like, it was just, I was getting beat up week after week. Uh, how, how have you seen this happen in faith communities? What specific ways could you imagine grace as a powerful force for transforming a faith community and a larger community? How could being gracious to one another and being in a community of grace together, how could that transform a community? How could that transform a city, a neighborhood, uh, the world? And, and then how does being a community of grace here prepare us to be people of grace out there? Now, I know those are big, so we got three seconds to, to no, but uh, go into your small groups again, explore for a, a few minutes, uh, maybe five minutes or so, and then, uh, and then we'll take communion together.
We'll maybe take another 30 seconds or so and just wrap up conversation. All right. Let's uh, let's gather back together. We're gonna end. We're gonna end our service this morning uh, with the opportunity to practice grace with one another, gathering around the table uh, to receive communion, the chance to offer the grace of God through the reminder of Jesus's gracious sacrifice, the chance to look one another in the eyes to say one another's names, and to commune together at the table of our Lord. There's all sorts of grace being given and received in this meal, at this table. So, let's practice together being a community of grace, even as we gather around the table and partake of communion. So, on a Thursday night, uh, at, a, at a really communal uh, table meal of grace with his uh, closest friends where, uh, where one guy decided to not be so gracious and then Jesus decided to go be gracious on behalf of the entire stinking world. Uh, he met with his friends and he shared a meal and at a certain point in the meal he took the bread and he broke it and he blessed it and he passed it to his friends and he said, this is my body broken for you. Anytime you eat this, eat this in remembrance of me. And in the same way after the meal, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for you and for many, the sign of a new covenant. Anytime you drink this, drink this in remembrance of me. Invite my servers to come forward uh, as they join me. Uh, just a couple notes about communion. I, I don't know if there's any new folks here. Maybe there are. We take communion through what's called intinction. So you'll come forward through the center aisles. You'll tear off a piece of bread and dip it in the cup, and you can partake as you're making your way back to your seat via the side aisle. And uh, at this church, we celebrate open communion. Uh, this is a meal of grace. This is a meal where God wants to meet us here in some sort of strange, mysterious, mystical way that scholars have been trying to put into words for thousands of years and still fail to, to encapsulate all that's happening in the beauty of this, this meal. Uh, and so if you want to participate with the grace of God in some sort of way, 
please come forward. No matter where you are in the journey with Jesus, we want you at this table. We want you at this meal. Uh, let's pray, and then we'll participate together. God, we thank you so much for your grace. We thank you for the shedding of your body and your blood, for your willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. God, it is so gracious of you. It's such a beautiful act of mercy and love. And so we celebrate that uh, in this meal together. And God, we also celebrate that you call us to do this together. That this is a communion meal. We're to do this in community. So as we come forward, would we be transformed even by being in the presence of one another? Would we look each other in the eye? Would we, uh, would we speak words of graciousness over one another? And will we do it all together because you have called us to do so? Bless this time that we have here at this table. In Jesus' name, amen.